to restore our souls. We put our faith in Almighty God. You voted to make America great again. We are making America greater than ever before. It is happening before your eyes. We will rekindle new faith in our values, new pride in our history, and a new spirit of unity that can only be realized through love for our great country. The American people voted to reject this corrupt globalism. This is the most important election in the history of our country. And yet, despite all of our greatness as a nation, everything we have achieved is now in danger. We will never give up. We will never concede. It doesn't happen. And when I'm reelected, the best is yet to come. Looks like we're having a little bit of technical difficulty there with that cold open, but we're going to come back right there and play that for you because it's actually discussing the possibility of uh, how we can fight and overturn what happened at the Supreme Court level yesterday as it pertains to healthcare workers and what they're going through, ladies and gentlemen. So here is Jenna Ellis talking about yeah, that. That's the way it works. It seems like it wouldn't change. Seems like, the, the, yeah, the, because they took longer than a lot of folks thought they would. Right. That's another thing I was going to ask Thane Rosenbaum earlier. You know, did it, did it surprise him that it this, took this long? But we can ask our next guest, uh, former Trump attorney and Newsmax contributor Jenna Ellis. Um, Jenna, I know I was reading some of your social media posts. It did surprise you that they had not come down with a decision a couple days ago. Yeah, it did. And I think uh, for all of the legal community that has been following this closely, it was surprising that they didn't at least implement an administrative stay pending this more robust opinion. So that's what a lot of us kind of couldn't figure out was, well, what are exactly are they waiting for if this opinion is going to go uh, in the direction that thankfully it did today? But at least uh, we can see that probably the Supreme Court uh, did not do that administrative stay because there was clarification during the oral arguments that the actual uh, testing 
uh, and masking or vaccine implementation from OSHA was not set to begin until early February. So probably the Supreme Court felt that they had a little bit more time to get this more robust opinion uh, out into the public. But I am very thankful today that we have a clear 6-3 conservative majority that is willing to protect the separation of powers in our U.S. Constitution, as well as federalism, and say clearly to the liberal wing, and I think this was a huge rebuke of Justice Sotomayor, who clearly didn't understand that separation of powers and the understanding of police powers on uh, the federal versus the state level, uh, there in oral arguments, and this rebuke to the Biden administration saying, no, you cannot exceed your statutory authority from Congress. I think the key uh, provision here, and I'm reading this now from the opinion, was that administrative agencies are creatures of statute. They accordingly possess only the authority that Congress has provided. And to your earlier question, Heather, I don't think that that uh, rationale is going to change as the cases make their way up through uh, the Supreme Court, because the uh, Chief Justice and the majority clearly said that the applicants are likely to succeed on the merits. The, the, the yeah. problem that still exists for some federally funded hospitals, for instance, is that it looks like the Supreme Court upheld the right to impose a vaccine mandate. And we're seeing hospitals around the country run short of workers, including in California, in which they're telling positive uh, COVID testing people COVID uh, cases to come to, to work. To come back to work. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense. And uh, even though I think this was uh, the right statutory call from the Supreme Court to say, you know, yes, there is authority when we're talking about federal funding, this is why Congress needs to step in. And if they were doing their job to rationally pass legislation that actually went along with the data, went along with understanding uh, the true health and safety issues, they would legislate on this issue. And so hopefully uh, when the Republicans win in the majority in 2022, I do anticipate this is going to be a key issue in the midterm elections. We will see uh, that Republicans will have legislation ready to go on issues like this, and hopefully uh, that won't be you know too long of a time. I know we're talking about almost a year well, away. Well, and as, as uh, Congressman Louis Gomer pointed out, most, if not all, healthcare facilities across this country get some form of federal funding, so that impacts everyone. Yeah, and that's one of the ways they maintain some of their control. Right. Uh, right. But there may be pushback now. Who knows? Maybe some of the plaintiffs yeah. who actually need some of the workers uh, may yeah. change change their approach on this. Jenna Ellis, thank you so much. And that's where we're going to get them, folks. That's where the pushback is going to be to fight for these health care workers. Look, <clears throat> I know yesterday was a great day. Yesterday was a phenomenal day for news. We had some big wins. We celebrated those wins. We praised God. We thanked him for those wins. And now it's back on to the fight, ladies and gentlemen. It's back on to that tip of the spear. And we need to fight now for our military and we need to fight for our healthcare workers because there's no way, there's no way that you can make a ruling that you can't have OSHA federally. I mean, you can't have a mandate where OSHA goes in and actually uh, oversees all of this and, and administers fines and levies on people who don't do what the federal government told them to do. So if you can't have that, then you can't mandate these healthcare workers in the same in, in the same way. You just can't. Now she, Jenna Ellis, there, who's far more versed on the Constitution than I am, regardless of what you think of her, um, sh what she's saying is, by statute, John Roberts and Kavanaugh 
actually the reason why they, they, they made their ruling the way they did is because they went by statute. So which leads you to, to believe that what needs to happen is at a congressional level. But we're not going to wait until November to have the majority to do this. We're not going to wait. There's other ways to do this. And that is these plaintiffs, meaning these healthcare, uh, these hospitals, need to say, well, we're going to lose all our workers. And, and, and just like you heard, uh, the, the, the news host there, the anchors, when he said that California is even calling COVID infected uh, people back to work while they're infected with COVID because they're so, so short. We, I reported on that story last night on Live from America last night. It's actually happening. So this needs. So now it's making its way back to the lower courts. It's making its way back to the Fifth Circuit. And that can be argued there. And maybe things will change in the Fifth Circuit and move their way back up to the Supreme Court again. And we'll have another uh, ruling and another case in front of the Supreme Court as it, re, as, uh, it pertains to healthcare workers because we can't leave them behind. I know yesterday I was excited. Yesterday I was so happy and so excited because we saw a big win. And we should be happy when we see big wins. But now we celebrate it. It's a new day. Back at the tip of the uh, back at the tip of the spear, and back for fighting for our healthcare workers. And uh, and we're not going to wait for it to be done at a congressional level. We're just not. So there's ways that we can do that moving forward, and uh, we'll discuss those uh, today and and early next week. And then we'll just put our our foot to the pedal and and uh, and and do the same thing we did the last five months with this. We got a big win out of this. Now let's make sure our healthcare workers and our military. Uh, don't have to go through these same exact mandates. Like President Trump said yesterday, no mandates. Look, Trump's all for the vaccine. I'm not. Trump's all for the boosters. I'm not. Good for him. That's not going to make me want to not vote for him again because of the fact that he stands up and says no mandates. Folks, you are locked and loaded right here on Live from America. I am your ever so humble, God-fearing, and God-loving host coming to you from the live, free, or die state of New Hampshire And I welcome you to Live from America. Uh, And I'm just so honored and blessed to be here every single day. I do want to give a special thank you uh, to some folks who I I received some mail from yesterday and some some gifts. Uh, Heather Traeger, she sent a Jesus Listening book. Not a Jesus Calling, a Jesus Listening. And I can't wait to get into that. Thank you, Heather. Bruce and Sandra Langor. Penny Garland, thank you for the Bibles. If you have Bibles laying around the house, send them to Live from America. We're going to get Bibles in the hands of everybody that we can in 2022. Our goal is 10,000, so that's a pretty hefty goal. Molly Dodd, thank you very much. John and Michelle Ingvaldson. Deb Gallagher and Carol Sporlitter, thank you all very much for your generosity and your compassion, sending things here to Live from America, donations, uh, gifts, crafts that you guys make. Uh, it's, all, um, it's all a blessing, so thank you all very much. Let's get to the verse of the day today, uh, and it is titled, Will You Stand in the Gap for God? Will you stand in the gap for God here on this January 14th year of our Lord 2021 coming from Ezekiel 22, 29 and 30. Again, that is Ezekiel 22, 29 and 30. The people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery. They oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. I looked for someone among them who would build up the wall and stand before me in the gap on behalf of the land so I would not have to destroy it. But I have found no one. And as always, I suggest that you go to the beginning of verse 22 in Ezekiel because it puts everything that I'm about to read to you into perspective. 
And what it described here sounds all too familiar with where we are in the world and where we are with our country today. One thing that we, the reader and the seeker of truth, do when we read the Bible is to see how the word applies to our lives today. And since the Bible is always relevant, as no other piece of historic writing could ever be, it's nice to compare. What I like about the book of Ezekiel, which is the seventh, of the, uh, seventh book of the prophets, is that it talks about religious life without a temple and personal responsibilities for people's actions, something that we are very much missing in the United States and in the world today. One thing God is known for is destroying evil nations once they reach a point of no return. When you read through this book, it talks of destroying a nation that is full of corruption, greed, thievery, oppression, sexual misconduct, hatred, bribery, and more. And it sounds an awful lot like where we are today here in America. And we need to wake up and realize that as children of God, now, and do something about it. Bringing the gospel to more and more people is the way we do it. Never be afraid. That's why I created the Armor of God clothing and the uh, line and the apparel that says you can't beat God. Because in public, people get nervous about being vocal for God. And I understand that. So this is a way of starting the conversation without even having to say anything. There is one big difference from these nations that cannot be redeemed and the one that we live in today, though. These nations had nobody left that was good. Nobody to stand in the gap for God, much like Sodom and Gomorrah. We, on the other hand, have plenty of God-fearing and God-loving Christians right here in our nation that would gladly stand up for him. Will you be that person today? Will you stand up for Christ today and let everyone know that it is the only way? I pray that God gives you the heavenly courage and the knowledge through the Holy Spirit to do so. Let's change this world and let's bring people back to the light. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ezekiel 22, ladies and gentlemen, go there, read it, do yourself a favor, read the entire book of Ezekiel, really talks about personal responsibilities and consequences for your actions, something that we teach our children from a very early age, but for some reason, this generation today sees no consequences. All they say is, what about me? What about me? Give things to me. No way, ladies and gentlemen. Not in the year of joy. The theme this year, Live from America, is joy, and we're going to spread that as far and as wide as we can. Join with me in the Lord's Prayer, ladies and gentlemen. If you're wearing your hat, as always, please remove your hat. Get everybody in the room to quiet down. This is your time with God, and they need to respect that, so let them know. But anyway, here we go. Let's say the Lord's Prayer together. Here we are. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. And Lord, please protect our health care workers. Protect our military. Show us a path forward so that we can give them the same justice that came from the bench yesterday and the ruling at the Supreme Court. All Americans should be free. Everybody in the world should be free, Lord. And we ask for your guidance and your protection to get there.
Amen. Got a long road ahead of us, ladies and gentlemen. And yes, we have days where we win. We have days where we lose. But as long as we have the truth, then we're always on the path to victory. Because the truth truly sets us free. We're going to take our quick first commercial break here on Live from America. You're watching Real America's Voice News. Or maybe you're listening on the podcast. Either way, you're here with Locked, uh, Locked and Loaded with Live from America. And we'll be right back right after this. And for the social media audience, my Rumble family and my Getter family, how you doing today, folks? We yes, we only have, this is the Friday that we only have one show. Moving forward, I don't know about this Sunday. I hope this Sunday. But moving forward, what we're going to do is um, we're going to uh, do Sunday shows with Pastor Tim Frisch and invite other pastors to the show um, on the on the weeks that we don't do a Friday show. I'm trying to find the Getter Live, so I don't see the Getter Live uh, broadcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to come back over to Rumble, give some shout-outs here. Uh, Lisa, how you doing? Terry, good to see you. Terry, uh, that is opening up a business for, sorry, it went too fast, didn't see it. Gage Gibson, good to have you here, my friend. Thank you very much. James Bell from Southern California, thanks for prayers for my family. Starting to feel much better. No jab for us, says famous Jameis. I agree, brother. Brandon in South Dakota saying, let's go, watching faithfully as always. Miranda, good to see you. Thank you very much. I appreciate you joining in. Jackie Summers is watching. Again, I don't know what's going on on the Getter universe, folks. Oh, there we go. We're finally live on Getter. I see it now. I don't know why it took so long to come up, but let's say hello to Joe Demers. How you doing, Joe? Good to see you. Long time no see. He says, nothing like starting the day off with pajamas and coffee. LFA. Woohoo. Terry, how you doing from Michigan? Good to see you. And if you're watching on Getter or on Rumble, remember that we like to get about 1,000 shares. That really gets the word out there far and wide. Dale, good to see you. Guess Jeremy's internet blocked him. <laughs> yep, I wouldn't doubt it. Somebody probably hacked in. Uh, Jeremy, did you see the article of the New Hampshire rep that has his kid taken for giving ivermectin? I didn't. I, heard, I, I didn't see the article. I have heard about it. Haven't really um, dug in deep to it, but I will definitely for, for next week's show. And uh, Becky says, good morning, Jeremy. Good morning to you, too. And one more here. Let's give it to Jill Glazer. Glazer or Glasser? I think it's Glazer from Michigan. And thanks for the Rumble Rants this morning, ladies and gentlemen. As you know, we have a new producer now. He's, uh, today's his first day, and he's kind of shadowing and mirroring to see how a broadcast works. Completely overwhelmed, I'm sure, with all of the, uh, the technology and the and the, uh, the way we have to run these shows. But you know what? It won't be long, and he'll be at the helm, and I won't have to work on anything else but just doing the news for you, and I am ever so grateful for that. So today's his first day, and we want to thank God for that kind of a blessing because it's been, it's been a long road from the backyard to the studio. I can tell you that. It's been a long road. Um, I see that a lot of people have gotten better, by the way. Ben Berkwam is a lot better now, thank God. And uh, Donnie C is better. And of course, famous Jameis said his family is better as well. We've got everybody saying welcome to the new producer. So what is his name? His name's Eli. Good name, right? Elisha. Elisha. I like that. I like that. It's a good name. It's a good Bible-given name. We need to thank his parents for that. I don't know if he likes it or not. Uh, but anyway, he'll be working hard for you here on Life of America. And if not, we'll fire him. So... Uh, <laughs> we don't have no time for, for, uh, slackers here. We're no slackers. 
Anyway, let's come back from this break. And again, there's only one show today. I apologize for that, but we're going to get into that. Uh, we're going to get to that rhythm of every other Friday only doing one show, and then we'll do a show on that Sunday, which is a more faith-based show, having pastors come on and things like that. So we do have a guest today, Heather Mullins, so I want to get to the stories so we can bring her on in time. So here we go. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You're watching live from America here on Real America's Voice News and across digital TV platforms, podcast platforms, including iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, and Radio.com. The first and foremost section of today, we're going to be breaking down exactly what we need to do in this Republican Party moving forward. And I have to tell you, as compassionate as we are here on Live from America for people, for everybody of all races and all religions, from short to uh, tall, fat to skinny, it doesn't matter. We're compassionate and we include everybody. But one thing we are not going to tolerate moving forward in 2022, 23, 24, and hopefully for the next 50 years is weakness in our political party. No more. President Trump showed us the blueprint on how to be strong. President Trump gave us the blueprint on how to not take any crap from these Democrats. President Trump gave us the blueprint on, how, on what to say, how to expose, how to handle ourselves in front of cameras, what to do off, uh, on and off camera, how to get involved in our communities. He taught us how to be involved in our school uh, city council uh, meetings and our school meetings, school board meetings, something we, we all should have already been doing anyway, but he set that blueprint. He set that bar. And we're going to continue with that. And that does not include, and I'm sorry for the people who like these folks, but I'm just going to call it how it is. We do not feed the rhinos on this ride. So that will not include Kevin McCarthy and Mitch McConnell. Neither of these two have the guts, the stones, the spine, the know-how, or the courage to be in the positions that they are because they are not leaders, they are followers. There's a difference between a leader and a manager. Mitch McChina and Kevin McCoward, in my personal opinions, are managers. They sit back there and say, do this, do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, oh, we're going to do this, but they don't do anything, ever. They play games, they play good politics, but they're not working for the people. So they are not needed in this new Republican Party moving forward. And to back that up just a little bit, again, I'm sorry for the people who respect and like these gentlemen. I just do not think that there's a place for them in this new Republican Party. Because number one, you have to be all in for Donald J. Trump, his Make America Great Again slogan, uh, which is more than a slogan, which is really a way of life and an America first agenda. If you're not all in on that and you can't work with President Trump and you've been on camera saying, well, President Trump really needs to condemn this and that, then there's no room for you in this new party. Bye-bye. I want to read, uh, read something for you and then play you a quick video. This is from Kevin McCarthy himself. Kevin McCarthy, he, he, one of his favorite places to go is Fox News. I get it. I get it. They fawn all over him over there. Oh, Kevin McCarthy's on. Oh, oh, Kevin McCarthy's on Sean Hannity. Kevin McCarthy's on Tucker Carlson. Oh, go. What's he, what's he doing? What's he doing? sitting on there telling you a whole bunch of nothing or a whole bunch of redundant stuff that you've already heard him say for the last month and a half? Boo! Boring! Anyway, GOP um, Minority Leader of the House, Kevin McCarthy, released an uninspiring list of items that his Republican Party in the House will aim for if slash when the GOP retakes the U.S. House of Representatives in November of this year. So his main goals, this is, I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. He even tweeted this out after he was on Fox News. 
his main goals that he promises the American people, putting together his Newt Gingrich promise to the American people list, are as follows. Stop the flow of drugs and human trafficking on our border. I agree with that. Make it easier to start and grow a business in America. Well, that's common sense, dummy. Make it easier to start and grow a business in America. That's called capitalism. So thank you for telling us something that you are, we already know. Reestablishing America's energy independence. Okay, something I agree on, but not really strong words from a Republican leader of taking over, uh, taking control from the Democrats who are probably the farthest left, close to communist as you can possibly get. And he says, passing a parent's bill of rights. Excuse me, that's called freedom. And that's already called the bill of rights. And we already have that. Those are his main top issues that he's going to tackle when he becomes House Speaker. Those are it. Now, I want to play the video, and then I'm going to give you a list that I think that he should be more focused on if he were to become the Speaker of the House. Here's Kevin McCarthy saying exactly what I just said, but uh, straight from the horse's mouth. Here we go. First and foremost, if we are fortunate to be able to, to earn the trust of the American people and earn the majority, we will secure this border to stop the human trafficking and the drugs flowing across. We'll make it easier to open a small business, not harder. We'll make America energy independent again, the gasoline price lower, to be able to manufacture here in America. We will pass the Parents' Bill of Rights. This is just a start, but at the same time, this administration, with one party rule in one year, has no accountability, and we will be able to hold them accountable and get America back on the right track. Oh, he's just so inspiring. Doesn't he send that, that, what did, what did uh, Chris Matthews say that one time that Obama spoke and it sent a, sh- a thrill up his leg? <laughs> oh, I'm so ever inspired by that weak rhetoric from Kevin McCarthy. He also tweeted that out. Let me give you a list that I think, and also that others think, especially people at the Gateway Pundit. Here's the list of, uh, of, of, of promises he needs to make to the American people if you want to be the House leader, the House speaker for this new Republican Party, okay? Because I'm going to tell you what, you cannot beat back communism and, fas- and fascism by playing pity pat and by playing patty cake. Hey, patty cake, patty cake, baker's man, let's be as weak as we can. Number one, launch an impeachment into Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Day number one. That's first and foremost. Number two, sending U.S. men and women to war to have their arms and legs blown off if you're going to surrender to terrorists and arm them with $80 billion worth of U.S. weaponry. That can't be happening anymore, folks, and we need to launch an investigation into that as well. Number three, free and fair elections, not the Democrats' Right to Vote Act. Stop the massive fraud and election theft immediately. No ballot harvesting. We're going to talk about that a little later. No midnight drop boxes. Mandatory voter ID. Chain of custody, chain of custody documentation. No removing GOP observers from the counting room. No late night counting in empty rooms. Stop that vote at midnight and no other votes after that can come in, period. No late night election ballot drops. No mail-in ballots. Voting machine companies gone. Must allow inspections or immediately be removed, and we're talking about Dominion. Make voter fraud a major felony and no Zuckerbucks. Clean the voter rolls. Those are must-do things when it comes to our election. Number four, punish tech giants for eliminating the First Amendment rights in America. Fine them, strip them, 
of their two of their rule 230 protections and make Facebook, Twitter and Google utility companies just like the phone and electric companies break up these big tech giants. Number 5, open up an investigation on pervert and disgusting pedophile drug addict Cheeto crack smoking Hunter Biden and the Biden crime family on day number 1. Number 6, Shutter the FBI, fire half of its staff, jail the men and women who ran a four-year coup against President Donald J. Trump and his administration. Jail FBI officials who have waged a jihad against Paul Manafort, Roger Stone, Michael Flynn, and indict Andrew Weissman. Number seven, strip Ilhan Omar, that terrorist, and the rest of the jihad squad, Adam Schiff and Eric Fartwell, from their committees. Deport Ilhan Omar back to Somalia for committing uh, committing immigration fraud by marrying her brother to get him here. Number eight, shut the door and deport illegals. Finish the wall, period. No questions asked. Number nine, investigate immediately the murder of Ashley Babbitt and Roseanne Boylan at the U.S. Capitol. Release the January 6th prisoners in jail, Ray Epps and other government infiltrators, including whoever they were reporting to. Number 10, banish the vaccine mandates, period. Open up the entire country. Number 11, prosecute Tony the rat-faced Fauci, the serial liar and killer, and the mass murderer. And that should have consequences. Number 12, investigate the origins of the Wuhan virus and those who blocked successful treatments like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine from the American people. And number 13, initiate parent rights programs and ban critical race theory. Now, that's something that Kevin McCarthy did talk about, but he did not talk about CRT. And that needs to be a major, major topic. And the last one, ladies and gentlemen, investigate stretch face punch drunk Pelosi and the entire Pelosi family for their illegal inside stock trading. And finally, vote to retroactively remove the yellow Teletubby Miss Piggy herself, Liz Cheney, and little action figure Adam Kinzinger from the Republican Party and kick them to the curb where they belong. That is how you come out on fire. That's how you come in hot as the Speaker of the House. You don't go on Fox News and say, well, what I'd like to do is give parents their rights back. Well, what I'd like to do is I'd like to open up this country so people could start businesses again. What I'd like to do is shake hands with Chuck Schumer and play pity pat with Frank Luntz in our stepbrother's bunk bed apartment together. What a loser. I don't care. Look, I'm probably the only person on this network that's going to say it, but I'm going to say it. Those are the kind of stones you need if you're going to take over um, uh, leadership of a party and, and, and your party is in, is in a majority. That's the kind of stuff we want to see. And if you don't have that, bye-bye. We don't want anything to do with you. You and Mitch McChina can ride out. Ride out on the sunset, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not a big fan of the RNC either. And I'm not a big fan of Ronna McDaniel. I think she is a very weak leader as well. However, I will give props where props are due. And Ronna McDaniel yesterday put out a statement saying that the Republican Party moving forward will no longer engage in or be part of these one-sided biased presidential debates. No more. Unless rules are changed immediately when it comes to these presidential debates. Having people like uh, Chris Wallace 
be your moderator and be completely one-sided and shut down one side while he gives time to the other. Or any of these other losers and pedophiles coming from CNN. No more. It's either going to be a fair debate or the Republicans are not going to engage. And I am 100% behind that. Now, I never thought I would do this in my lifetime, but go ahead. Let's cue the drum roll because we've got a Smarty Award to give away today. And that Smarty Award is going to go to RNC Chairwoman... Ronna McDaniel. Again, I'll probably never give that to her again, but she did something right, and I got to give her her props. We're going to take our first time out here on Real America's Voice News, and when we come back, we have RAV correspondent and in the field investigator, Heather Mullins. She's going to come, and we're going to talk a little bit about election fraud, what's going on, and uh, how we got, and how we continue to fight these Supreme Court mandates and uh, give everybody justice. We'll be right back right after this. Stay tuned. Okay, Heather, can you hear me? How are you? I'm good. Can you hear me? I can. I'm going to turn you up a little bit just so that you're on the same uh, audio frequency as my loud mouth. Uh, <laughs> are, you in, uh, are you at home in New Hampshire or are you out on the road? Uh, I'm out on the road. I'm actually in Georgia right now. You're in Georgia? Yeah. Ooh, perfect, because we're going to open up talking about... Uh, we're going to open up talking about Georgia. I'm just going to um, just going to format you onto the onto the uh, screen a little bit better here so that we can. So right now you are still live to the social media audience. So all this little all this little uh, banter back and forth, they can they can hear. So and awesome. there we go. OK, so now you are um, you are here. Say hello to everybody. Hey, what's going on, everybody? <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, if you not know, if you don't know Heather, I'm sure you do because you watch Real America's Voice News. Uh, this is Heather Mullins. Um, she has become a good friend of mine. She actually helped build this studio that we're in right now. She's a fellow Granite Stater, New Hampshireite, and uh, she's been working really, really hard. She's been her and her and Ben, probably the two in the field hardest working reporters. What are you? Uh, what are you down in Georgia working on right now, Heather? So doing some investigating. So I came down here on um, Tuesday and uh, Tuesday night, I was with a group of like 15 people. Right. And we were all had our laptops out going through Dropbox footage, um, looking at illegal ballot harvesting and trying to uh, filter through actual footage. So it was sort of like an investigative um, I guess you would call it like party. I don't know what you want to call it, but we yeah. all met to go through this footage because there's about 6.5 terabytes just from this one Dropbox um, video. So you're talking about the True um, the Vote videos? Sort of. The video we were actually looking at, True the Vote doesn't have. I'm actually giving them a copy of it because up until a few days ago, this video did not exist. Oh, wow. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, so. This is this is why it's important to have you out there doing this stuff because <laughs> like I yeah. what you do I couldn't do. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I'm not in I'd be I would be jailed or kicked out of places constantly because I wouldn't be able to have the composure and the, and the maturity that you have out there to do that. So I'm glad <laughs> you do that and I do this. Uh let's come back from this break and uh we'll announce you to the uh to the RAV audience. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on Real America's Voice News. This is live from America, and I'm Jeremy Harrell from the Live Free or Die state of New Hampshire. And as promised, we have Heather Mullins, correspondent for Real America's Voice News in the field in Georgia, trying to get to the bottom of this election fraud that we have, uh, that she and others have exposed over the last eight months or maybe even longer. Heather, thank you. Welcome to Live from America. How are you? 
I'm good. It's, it's good to be back in Georgia. And, you know, I, I love what I do and I'm happy to be here representing Real America's Voice. It's kind of like your second home this year, has or this whole <laughs> last year, right? Uh, you have no idea how many times I've heard that and how many people are like, Heather, you need to move to Georgia. And I'm like, with what I'm investigating, it's probably better I don't live here. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a good idea. So let's talk about that. You're, um, how long ago uh, was it that you really started working on and exposing uh, this ballot harvesting scheme that most people know that true the vote isn't is running and running the lead on that you've been right there just as long if not longer working on this haven't you i mean you were right there breaking these stories yeah so um i was basically as as soon as the election um sorry about that as soon as the election basically like started uh i came right down here and started investigating the recount Right. So for all I knew, the story was Joe Biden won. Like I didn't come down here with any preconceived expectations or anything like that. I was just covering the recount. And that's when it just sort of like opened up the floodgates to what was going on. And, you know, several counties found thousands of votes that weren't counted the first time, um, some of which we still have no explanation um, a year later as to why that happened. And Throughout my investigating, I ended up coming across uh, a small local election case where I was reading an affidavit somebody had submitted. And it actually it turned out to be the lead investigator for True the Vote, and he was uh, had submitted an affidavit in this tiny local case and talking about geofencing and all of this other stuff. And so I thought it was interesting. So I hunted this guy down and uh, contacted him, and I'm like, "Hey, is this what you're doing? Like, this is super fascinating." And he was so impressed that I managed to to see that document and get in touch with him. That he basically he and I started uh, working together and sort of sharing information that might be useful. Um, and this was months before I'd even broken the story about what they were doing. So he ended up divulging to me, "This is what we're doing. We're buying up all this data in multiple states." Uh, and then we're going to get the corresponding Dropbox footage. So I actually held off on on reporting on that story for months so that they could collect all of what they needed before we broke the story. Wow. And um, what I've been doing here in Georgia this past week, I actually um, just on Tuesday was with a group of about 15 people and we were going through a Dropbox uh, footage video Uh, that up until a few days ago did not exist. So we were all analyzing that, and I'm actually giving a copy of that to True the Vote because they do not have that particular video. So right now, let's just bring people up to speed with with what your work has uncovered until now, and that is, from a 5,000-foot view, we've got about 245-some-odd individuals who were engaged in this ballot harvesting scheme And the one person who is the whistleblower, the snitch, whatever you want to call this person, is is being referred to as John Doe. And this person has actually validated everything that you guys have been working on and validated that he he or she would bring thousands of ballots to this drop to these Dropbox locations. And they were getting paid, what, ten dollars a ballot. And this one individual said that he has been paid over four, almost fifty thousand dollars. In yeah, or, so for, for his I work alone. 40, yeah, I believe it was 4,500 ballots. So he made $45,000. And uh, what I'm hearing is that his mom is the one that actually was like, hey, this is illegal. What you're doing is illegal. Like, you need to come forward with this. So um, this one person, like you said, uh, went to 
several different drop boxes and we don't know where those ballots came from. But what we know is that it's illegal to harvest ballots in Georgia. So if this one person just made $45,000, let's times that by the 240 other people that we know went to an average of 23 drop boxes. And you can kind of get like an estimate of how much money something like this would have cost. This is a crime. It is a crime. Somebody willfully spent over a million dollars probably when you get to the end of it like to pay all of these people to go to these different drop we're probably closer to 10 million so, right? so somebody so will let me let me stop you there real quick let me just stop you there real quick okay so if somebody paid these people and we have a john doe who is spewing all the facts this is what happened you guys were right heather was right true the vote was right this is what happened we have this person how do we not know or maybe we do, I don't know, and that doesn't need to be divulged yet. Do we know who paid these people? That's the question. Follow the money, That's, right? Well, we got to find out. And, and, you know, here's what I don't like is that Brad Raffensperger is saying that he wants to subpoena this John Doe. Well, in my opinion, that needs to be a public uh, questioning. Like we oh, as yeah. Americans have every right to know who this guy is and who paid him. So, you know, I'm... Like my concern is that we're not going to ultimately get answers, but uh, I'm confident that True the Vote, who already has contact with this person, is going to document it. So, you know, I put no faith whatsoever in Raffensperger. I put more faith yeah. in the people like True the Vote, like these other election integrity groups, because that's the whole reason we're getting any answers from the 2020 election. It has nothing to do with anybody that's been put into any sort of position of power. They've all failed at their job. They failed the American people. And it's all grassroots election integrity groups and patriots or reporters like myself that are digging in and finding this stuff out. So what do you make of, did you hear, um, did you hear any of John Frederick's uh, radio interview with, with Raffensperger the other day when he was answering questions from the audience and Garland Favorito called in? Did you hear any of that? No, honestly, like I'm, like I said, digging through videos and Dropbox footage and meeting with sources and getting information. So honestly, it's a big waste of my time to listen to anything at a rapid Well, I can, I can tell you this. I think you or I would have had a very different interview with uh, Raffensperger than than Fredericks, and not, I'm not saying that Fredericks did anything bad or wrong. I know he's got he's trying to be a you know a a person who just brings the news to people, and this is why I can't do what you do because if I was out there and I was sitting next to Brad Raffensperger, and he was saying what he was saying to Garland Favorito, basically dismissing what Garland was saying, saying that his his lawsuits have nothing to do with 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 complete major fraud in in the state, and it's something completely different. I mean, it was such a sidestep politician answer like he like like he or Kemp would give and I just I wouldn't be able to deal with I would I would never be able to interview him again after that because I would be like no nope, yeah, you know Burger's days are numbered as secretary of state so Jody Heiss is gonna yeah. uh you know take over for him so honestly like let's not even waste any more time on Raffensperger. Amen. He's, that's exactly what it is. He's a complete waste of time at this point. He's no help whatsoever getting to the bottom of what happened in 2020. So I'd rather, honestly, I, I could care less about Raffensperger. Good. At this point. So what's the next steps? You're 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 sifting through these video footage. You're getting people uh, video video footage that they have not seen and they not, and they have not had before. What's the next step in this investigation moving forward? And I'm pretty sure this spreads to other states, right? Absolutely. So True the Vote's been collecting the same information across multiple states. Um, big rally coming up this weekend in Arizona. I think we're going to see some stuff coming out about that. 
uh, when I recently, a couple weeks ago, I, I interviewed the Arizona Senate president um, and I interviewed Congressman Andy Biggs and, and a bunch of other key players out there in Arizona. And all of them are pretty much uh, thinking that this is like a racketeering thing, that this is yeah. what all the evidence is pointing to a big racketeering crime um, and that they're going to start subpoenaing people and that we could see some indictments in the near future. So here's what I think is everything that we're doing and digging in into Georgia, uh, whether or not Kemp or Raffensperger decide to you know, actually investigate, um, this is stuff that we're all documenting and we're compiling because uh, there are laws that will allow other states if their investigations cross borders into other states right. like Georgia, this is going to be information that we can then hand off to those investigators getting to the bottom of what happened. So my my honest opinion is that any justice coming out of Georgia is going to be done by way of investigations from other states that leak over into Georgia. Nice. OK, one more question before you go. You have a big announcement uh, to, uh, to, to the people. You have, a, you have a big interview coming up tomorrow. First of all, I want to congratulate you on that. And tell the audience who you're interviewing tomorrow. Yeah, so it's pretty crazy. So I am actually interviewing President Trump himself. Uh, he's been following my work for the last year uh, since I broke stories out in Floyd County, Georgia, about a week after the 2020 election. So um, he's been following everything I've done. He's put it out in his press releases and you know, it'll be interesting to finally be face to face and get to really unpack some of this election stuff with him. So I'm super excited about it. And, you know, I, I have a lot of respect for him because um, he's really uh, the reason that America has been able to take a closer look at how our elections are run right. and really uh, hone in on some of these problems so that we can pass legislation that makes the election safer going forward. So uh, he really is pivotal um, to us. Re, uh, reinventing, I guess, our election process. Well, I want to say, uh, first of all, I've been a fan before I even came on RAV of your work. Uh, you're doing a heck of a job out there. Um, professionally, I think you're doing an amazing job. Keep doing what you're doing. Personally, it's an honor to be uh, friends with somebody who's doing, who's catching the eye and the ear of President Trump. And congratulations to you for getting that interview. Um, God bless you. And uh, hopefully everything just keeps going up for you and that you get to the bottom of this election uh, fraud because nobody else is doing it. So uh, Heather, you want to tell people where they can find you on social media? Yeah. So I'm on all social media. I'm on Getter. I'm still on Twitter. Not sure for how long, but I'm on every single platform, Telegram. Uh, and my handle is at Talk Mullins, M-U-L-L-I-N-S. So at Talk Mullins, find me everywhere. <laughs> all right. God bless you, Heather. Safe travels. Let me know how it goes. And uh, congratulations again. Thank you. Thanks so much, Jeremy. All right. See you later. God bless. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was correspondent for Real America's Voice News, Heather Mullins. Uh, again, congratulations to her for getting the, uh, the interview with President Donald J. Trump tomorrow. And that's what happens. Hard work pays off. President Trump's seen that she d she's been working hard. And uh, no, hardly any other reporters out there are. I can tell you that. Where's the reporters from Fox? Where's the reporters from ABC, CBS, and the rest of them? Garbage. Anyway, we're going to take a quick commercial break here on Real America's Voice News. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Can we watch the interview? Yes, you will be able to watch the interview. It will be on Real America's Voice News. I imagine it'll be probably sometime before the rally. I don't know what time the rally starts. I think it might start at 7 or 8 o'clock tomorrow night, but... Uh, just stay tuned to Real America's Voice News all day. I'm sure it'll be right before the actual rally itself. Um, 
I have not been able to keep up with your guys' comments so much, so I don't really know what's going on in there. But the next Trump rally is tomorrow, for anybody who's wondering. It is tomorrow in Arizona. Jeremy, when will Armor of God gear be available? Well, I believe the first round of it got shipped out yesterday. So we should have it in probably tomorrow and then up on the store by Monday. So uh, keep your fingers crossed on that. Do you speak to Mike Flynn? Any news from him? I actually just reached out to General Michael Flynn two or three days ago to come on the show. So uh, we're, tr- we're trying to set that up, trying to, to nail down a date, and we will get uh, General Michael Flynn back on the show. And um, so please, pleased about that. Jeremy, please gift me the America First Trump doll. LOL. Uh, Jeremy answered my question. I am watching this rally, says Becky. Uh, Trump speaks at 8 p.m. Central. So what is that? 7 p.m.? 7 p.m. Um, Arizona time? 9 p.m.? I don't know. I don't know what time. I don't know the time zones. Look, I don't even know why we have them, to be honest with you. They just confuse me. Um, but yeah, I'm super excited for, for Heather to get that interview. And we'll, uh, you know she's not going to ask those same tired at, uh, questions. She's not going to ask the same questions that you would hear on Newsmax. She's going to get into what she's doing, uh, which is the, the election integrity uh, investigation. There's hardly anybody out there doing that. So big shout out to her for that. Um, all right, let's come back and let's talk about January 6th real quick because there's a, there's a prisoner in January 6th who's screaming that this was an entire setup. Jeremy, get your list to, to Trump. I'll, actually, I'll tell Heather to, to do that for me. Uh, see if she'll do that for me. Do you ever watch or follow Candace Owens? Yeah, I do. I like Candace. I think she's got good content and she's a fighter for the country. So, okay, here we go. Welcome back to Live from America. That was Heather Mullins, a correspondent for RAV. Again, big shout out to her. Big congratulations for her interview with President Trump coming up tomorrow in Arizona at President Trump's rally, where we might even be expecting him to officially announce him running for president or Speaker of the House in 2022, huh? That's what I'm waiting for. Anyway, the January 6th committee, January 6th unselect committee, has now subpoenaed Twitter, Reddit, Google, and Facebook to see, quote, how the spread of misinformation contributed to the Capitol attack. <laughs> Here we go. Yesterday, uh, Harry Legs, Corn Pop, was, was, was complaining to social media that they need to censor more people. And yesterday, the January 6th committee actually, uh, uh, or, or the FBI actually arrests somebody and gives them the first charge of sedition. And then today, the January 6th committee subpoenas Twitter, Reddit, Google, and Facebook, saying that it's their fault that all of the misinformation uh, and all of the, uh, the, the attack on the Capitol was all set up. The, uh, the panel asked the tech companies for documents over the summer. However, J6 panel chairman Benny Thompson said that the committees received inadequate responses. The unselect committee wants the documents to see how so-called misinformation spread on the platforms to influence or overturn the 2020 election. Two key questions for the select committee are how the spread of information and violent extremism contributed to the violent attack on our democracy. By the way, we're a republic, not a democracy. And what steps, if any, social media companies took to prevent their platforms from being uh, breeding grounds for radicalization of people uh, uh, bringing them to violence, said Chairman Benny Thompson. The bipartisan committee, what? 
<laughs> the bipartisan committee had asked for a trove of records last summer from those and other social media companies, but said it received inadequate responses from some of the largest platforms. So uh, they say it's disappointing, blah, blah, blah. And a Reddit spokesman confirmed the company received the subpoena and said in a statement that they will continue to work with the committee on their requests. A Twitter spokesperson declined to comment, probably because Twitter censored him and he wasn't allowed to. But anyway, long story short, this is going to continue all the way to November. Don't expect it to let up, especially now that Kirsten Cinema and Joe Manchin put a dagger right through the heart of killing the filibuster, which would allow them to federalize the elections. November is going to be a bad month for the Democrats. So this is the only thing they have. However, there's a January 6th, uh, January 6th political prisoner that goes by the name of Dominic Pozzola. And Dominic Pozzola is claiming that everything was a setup and they and he and the other J6 prison, uh, political prisoners were literally just caught in the middle of it. Dominic started out the conversation uh, by saying that uh, he said that the J6 prisoners have, have COVID uh, told us that all the J6 prisoners have COVID after two guards brought it into the prison unit. The prison never notified the J6 prisoners that they were exposed to the virus. They never took any safety precautions, never did any of the contact tracing, never alerted us, nothing. So we all ended up getting sick one by one. He said that he and others felt completely abandoned. They still can feel completely abandoned. And they believe, the prisoners believe that the FBI was the ones that orchestrated and were completely involved in the J6 rioting. But... He says, we feel, uh, we feel abandoned up here. We really do. We have maybe a handful of people speaking out, first in the government and in the Republican Party. Ted Cruz went on the, uh, went on the other day asking the lady about the F- on the FBI about the FBI's involvement, and she wouldn't answer any of it, which is a good admission to me, he says. They're not answering. So why does everyone go after the FBI right now, and, or why doesn't everyone go after the FBI and discuss their involvement? And why are people sitting in jail who could have possibly been set up that day? The reporter asked Dominic what he would say to the Republican Party or Republican lawmakers today. He said, I would say that you see the way the Democrats rally around Black Lives Matter and Antifa when they're burning cities down and destroying people's businesses and just causing mass havoc and pain and chaos in everyone's lives. He says, we came to that rally. We were protesting because the election was stolen. I don't care what many will tell me. I mean, the evidence is overwhelming, he said, and it's just like we don't see the same kind of support that the Democrats give to the terrorists on the left. And now there's no, or see, as now there's so much proof coming out that the FBI was thoroughly involved. I mean, they infiltrated the proofs, all the discovery we've seen. Dominic then went on to describe a shocking video that he had seen in his discovery uh, with his lawyer. He says, you've got to see some of the things that we've seen in our discovery. We've seen guys with guns pulling them out of their waistbands and taking pictures. And, uh, and guys who are behind the police line whispering with the cops. And two minutes later, they're, with, uh, they're in with a club rioting. People hanging people hanging out of windows. We've seen so much that shows the government has such a big role in this. And it's just like we're frustrated because we can't get the information out there and we have nobody to support us. And the Republican party doesn't rally behind us. He says, I mean, if the public were to see half of the videos that we've seen, I'm sure there would be a rallying cry to get us out. Now, how about instead of subpoenaing Reddit 
and Facebook and Twitter to see what kind of misinformation led to this kind of heinous attack on the Capitol? Why don't we figure out ways to subpoena all of the footage that punch drunk Pelosi is hiding? Wouldn't that be a good idea? We're going to get to the bottom of it, and it probably won't happen until November, unfortunately. But we're going to get to the bottom of it. And the people that were involved are going to go to prison. And that is why they're trying to do everything they can to keep Madison Cawthorn out of uh, running for election again. Trying to keep Marjorie Taylor Greene, Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, Donald Trump. Why do you think that they're doing everything they can to keep these guys away from running for office again and to ban them from running for any kind of reelection? It's because those are the only people that are speaking out about what happened. And those are the people with any kind of spine to actually do something about it. We're going to take our last uh, commercial break here on Real America's Voice News. And, uh, and when we return, I'm always going to leave you with a smile on your face. That's what we do here on Live from America, especially on a Friday like this. So stay tuned, and we'll be right back right after this. Let me go over to Getter real quick. I haven't really spoken to anybody over on Getter. Says, yep, you reap what you sow. Please reach out to them and their families. They need so much support. Exactly. Uh, there were so many of us that sent Christmas cards and words of encouragement to the, G- to the, uh, to the January 6th political prisoners. And uh, we need to keep doing that. We need to encourage them as much as we possibly can because think about what they're going through. They don't even, I mean, they're literally in there like they're murderers. They're not getting bail. They're not getting court hearings. They're barely getting outside time. They're locked down 22 hours a day, 23 hours a day. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that you do to heinous criminals, not people who have charged for trespassing and assault. RMA Apparel says, hey, I just got my flag from Freedom Flag and the poll. It's flying high. Good job. Joe Demers says that's because the terrorists in BLM and Antifa were being paid. You got that right, my friend. Joanne of ARC says, yep, they want militia leaders dead. No opposition. It's 100% correct. 100% correct. Hey, Jeremy, it's Roxy from Sacramento, California. Keep up the good fight. God bless you, girl, you as well. And Vicki Vale says it is mistreatment. Yeah, of course it is. Same thing that's happening with our healthcare workers right now. They're being mistreated. They're not given freedom. They're not given justice. Look what's happening to our military men and women. They're trying to take anybody who's really essential in this country and purge them from patriotic people so they can replace them with bureaucratic politicians who will just do anything that they tell them to do. It's exactly what they're trying to do. I sent cards, says Majogo. I sent cards, but we don't know if they let them even have them. That's, a good, that's another good statement, you know, because who knows? That's a, that's, a, that's, that's a possibility. They're not getting the things that you're sending them. It's a good possibility. All right, let's come back from this break and finish off the show in fashion, shall we? Here we go. And welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Hey, we've had a rough week here. We've had a rough week. We've had a good week. We've had a week of ups and downs, but that is... That's the political life, right? We celebrate, we cry, we celebrate again, we cry. But one thing we keep doing is we keep moving forward. We keep our foot on the gas and we keep moving forward in order to destroy this illegitimate regime that is currently occupying 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue, wandering around completely lost, pooping his pants, not knowing where he is. 
Anyway, two pieces of good, uh, or one one good piece of uh, good news, and then a great video to leave you out on. Wisconsin Speaker Robin Voss has uh, asked Michael Gableman, special counsel in Wisconsin, to complete his election investigation by the end of February because they want it on the docket when it comes to legislative session, and they want to start uh, making laws based on the investigation that's been done by Michael Gableman. So Michael Gableman wanted a couple more months. Speaker Voss said, "Look, we really need to get this on the on the docket now." So he is asking Michael Gableman to release to um, to release to him his entire investigation of the election fraud in Wisconsin and a judge in Waukesha County right uh, just today, ladies and gentlemen, has outlawed mail in drop box ballot harvesting. You will no longer be able to go to a drop box and put your mail in drop box ballot anymore. Waukesha County judge deals a huge blow to Democrats banning the use of absentee ballot drop boxes in the entire state of Wisconsin. Can I get an amen, ladies and gentlemen? That's great news, isn't it? Big shout out to judges that are actually doing anything about it. New uh, Waukesha judge rules absentee ballot drop boxes. Ballot harvesting is illegal under state law. And that county court judge is named Michael Boren, B-O-H-R-E-N. We want to make sure that we reach out to his office and tell him thank you for actually upholding the law. Upholding the law, ladies and gentlemen. That's what it's all about. So big shout out to everybody in Wisconsin. You guys have finally outlawed uh, something that should have never been done in the first place. But fixing it for the future. And ladies and gentlemen, to leave you a little smile on your face, here is our favorite pretend-to-be press secretary impersonator, Jen Psaki. You're going to laugh when you see this. Check this out. Mm-hmm. So about three weeks ago, you and I had an exchange in this room in oh. which I... In which I <laughs> that made it sound nefarious. I don't remember it that way. <laughs> nefarious, but, but I, I posited a bunch of questions that you couldn't answer um, about when the tests would be available, how many Americans would be in their hands. Sure. Do, do, it's now three, three and a half weeks later. <laughs> um, is there any, are there any answers to any of those questions yet? Well, I would say first we've put out a number of steps that have been taken since that point in time. Uh, the pleasant and democratic exchange we had in this briefing room a few weeks ago, Mike, but uh, including a number of contracts have been signed in the last few weeks. Okay, just, uh, uh, to follow up on that, the yeah. fair, fair to say that, that, you know, with <laughs> half of January finished and the first <laughs> of the of the doses the first of the doses beginning to arrive maybe by next week that there's no way that 500 million tests sorry not doses tests are going to be delivered and in the hands of Americans by the end of this month well that's why we said at the time that that we would so about three weeks ago you and I had an exchange in this room she is the best pretend to be press secretary of Jen Psaki I've ever seen, a personator of Jen Psaki I've ever seen. That's funny. It's funny. We got Kamala Harris impersonators. We got Joe Biden impersonators, Trump impersonators, and Jen Psaki impersonators. And one day when I can get them all in the same stream, we're going to have them all come on and we're going <laughs> to, and we're going to have a conversation between all of them in their uh, best uh, impersonations of those uh, specific people. So anyway, folks, Thank you for a great week here on Live from America. Thank you for the donations. Please go to JeremyHerald.com if you find value in this show. Become a monthly donor. Purchase something on, on, the, uh, on the store. Represent God. Represent your country. And um, always remember that there are right ways and wrong ways. But there's only one Yahweh. So stand up tall. Keep your shoulders back. Keep your chest out. And keep your head up high because you are a child of God and no weapon formed against you will ever prosper. I'll see you Monday morning, 11 a.m. for more Live from America. Until then, spread the gospel. Keep your head up. 
and continue to be American. God bless you. See you later.